All right, a musician passed away over the weekend, so of course we've got Alan Cross on the show from the ongoing history of new music, our brother station 102.1 The Edge, and a journal of musical things, which is a great blog that he runs online. Alan, I always like to have you on the show because, you know, it is sad that we only talk when someone passes away, but um, you always give such depth of knowledge and some interesting tidbits about these artists that I think, you know, we have to honor them as well. Well, we do. Uh, I mean, Jim Rodman had died of a fall. He used to play bass in the Zombies. Zombies morphed into uh, Argent. He did some uh, work with the Kinks. He was a very well-respected bass player. And, you know, 76 years old, one of the things that can kill you very quickly is a fall. I mean, Dr. Roger Ailes, that's what killed him. Uh, it's it's just one of those sad things that happen to people of, of a certain age. So uh, all you can do is make sure that your body is in as good shape as you can possibly have it. And, uh, you know, keep your head pointed towards the ceiling. I mean... Yeah, this is this is a guy who his last gig was played with the with the zombies. We got back together with in the late '90s at a songwriters festival in Florida on January 14th. So you know, people were just completely shocked by his his death. I saw them play in London in 2010 at a thing called the High Voltage Festival. There was uh, Argent was playing and he was there. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's if you are 76 years old. You are of actuarial age. In other words, insurance forms are starting to look at you and going, hmm, eh, you know, you're closer to the end than you are to the beginning, and you're going to be a little bit harder to insure. Yeah, and your body ain't what it used to was, no, right? No, it's not. Again, you know, if you're living a life of sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and this is what a lot of people don't seem to understand when it comes to these dying rock stars, is that you abuse your body for a very long time, and after a while, it is going to catch up to you because we're talking about people who lived the life in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Not exactly the time of restraint. I mean, you look at Tom Petty. Did you know that Tom Petty had emphysema? No, not at all. So he, he did, and he was taking drugs for to control his, his emphysema. How many, uh, you know, Amy Winehouse, for example, when she died, she had early stages emphysema. And there were so many other ailments that these people have, you know, with their livers, with their gallbladders, with their stomachs, with their digestive system, with, with you know, everything. Because, again, you can't abuse a human body with bad food, drugs, late hours, and all kinds of stress and weirdness without it taking some sort of cumulative toll. Which brings us to a really great piece you wrote and posted on uh, your Journal of uh, Musical Things. Uh, Prince died of a fentanyl OD, and uh, so did Tom Petty. And you can bet there have been others, is what you titled it. Um, But on Friday, we found out that Tom Petty's family posted uh, a statement at which they ran through the serious ailments that he was dealing with, you know, like the emphysema that you were talking about just now and knee problems. And that fractured hip, which actually, because he kept continued to tour on that that fractured hip became a full-on break. They say on the day he died, he was informed his hip had graduated to a full-on break, and it's our feeling that the pain was simply unbearable and was the cause of his use of medication, which uh, they suspect contained fentanyl, correct? Yeah, fentanyl patches, oxycodone, something called Restoril, uh, Elpramozanax, uh, Celexa, uh, which is an anti-inflammatory, I think, uh, and then acetylfentanyl and uh, despropanol fentanyl. So these are all heavy-duty painkillers that are prescribed to manage pain. I have a friend who has a, a, a genetic issue, and she is in constant pain, and she uses fentanyl patches, but she uses them very responsibly and very carefully. Pain management is something that is, it's 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 not a joke. It is is unless you've been in this kind of pain, you don't know how what you'll do to get rid of it. 
to, to have some kind of release. But the problem is that uh, the, a lot of the fentanyl that we're getting is bad. Uh, it may be coming from... See, fentanyl isn't a natural opioid. It is a synthetic opioid. And it is 50 to 100 times more powerful than heroin or morphine. And a lot of this stuff is coming from... I've been told, in fact, I talked to somebody who was involved in the health uh, ministry. Uh, it comes from, from China. And there is, according to my friend... There is no pure heroin on the streets of Toronto anymore. It is all cut with some level of fentanyl. If you listen to Toronto Radio, you'll hear a bunch of radio commercials saying, look, if you take street drugs, be aware that there is a lot of fentanyl out there and a little bit of it done can, can, can kill you. And, you know, because it's, 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 it can be on contact, you can breathe it in, you can, you know, whatever it is. It's a very, very dangerous drug if not used in a supervised way. Now, we saw it happen with, with Tom Petty. We saw it happen with Prince because, again, he had he, uh, terrible hip problems, both hip problems, um, both of his hips, and he wouldn't have a hip transplant because he was a Jehovah's Witness, wouldn't do the blood transfusion thing, so he decided to manage his pain with lots and lots and lots and lots of fentanyl patches, and that eventually caused his, heart, uh, his cardiac arrest, which is where we found him. Uh, on the floor of the elevator at Paisley Park. Same thing with uh, with uh, Tom Petty. He was found in full cardiac arrest on the floor of his home. I think it was um, his neighbor who found him, mm-hmm. and I think I think his neighbor's Paul Anka. Wow. Yeah. So so these are the issues, and there are again uh, all kinds of whispers and just whispers. This is terribly irresponsible of me, but you know I got a report on it. Dolores Arreda. She had a bad back. Yeah. And you know how does a forty six year old woman? who is otherwise the picture of health, suddenly die in a hotel room hours after she leaves an upbeat voice message for somebody. So we don't know. We will not get the toxicology report until at least April. Uh, But, you know, there were people thinking, well, you know, know, there's a vacuum of information there. And speculation is flooding into this this vacuum. And when we hear stories like Prince and and Tom Petty and others, uh, you know, you know where the mind goes, right? Is this going to be the wake-up call that people need? You know, um, big ent- stars uh, in the entertainment world succumbing to uh, overdoses w- with uh, from fentanyl well, to get is... you know people serious about this. Well, I mean, it didn't happen when Michael Jackson did it. Now that was propofol, but again, if you have a doctor that's willing to write the scripts, well, you know, you're going to do it. Uh, and a lot of doctors apparently are just so enamored by being involved with the stars that, uh, oh, yeah, here you go. You, here's another 10. Here's another 20. Here's another 50, whatever it is. But, you know, at least a lot of uh, people, normal people, regular people in this in society are waking up to it. For example, I have a, a Board of Health consideration here from City of Toronto mm-hmm. that will be talked about tonight. This is from Councillor Joe Cressy in Ward 20, which is uh, Trinity Spadina. It's the Toronto Drug Strategy Implementation Panel. They are going to be looking at um, the need for drug amnesty boxes at music festivals and other events around the city later this year. This uh, is similar to what's allowed under the firearm amnesty program, which basically means big boxes that allow people to safely dispose of unwanted drugs without, you know, you know, worry about getting busted. So this is going to be discussed today at, uh, at City Hall. And... Um, you know, there'll be like, you know, here's, this is what we need. We need these boxes. They got to be this side. It's going to be marked drug amnesty box. Uh-huh. And it's going to be policed in such a way and it'll be actively promoted 
uh, among all events this this coming year. I I think that's that's where it stands. Well, let's people, hope they get realistic about it. And well, y- people are going to do drugs. Yes, you know, it, and they had, might be your kids or your loved ones. Right. So so you the the thing you can at least mitigate. Yes, educate. Yes, you know the but but mitigate circumstances. If somebody is afraid or if somebody realizes it has second thoughts or somebody has something that they know is bad, you know, have a way to safely get rid of it so it doesn't create harm. Well, they also were messing around with the the ability to test drugs. You know, and turn turn a blind eye to find out if if your drugs had been you know if there's any fentanyl in your drugs and yeah and I every think... time we talk about it on the air, Alan, people just I mean they're livid. They just think this is you know we don't want this at the concert. You know, closing their eyes to the fact that well it's going to get there anyways. Do you want kids or people to die? Yeah, I think they did this at Glastonbury this year where you could go into a tent and confidentially have your drugs tested to make sure it didn't contain any impurities. And when you have a festival like Glastonbury with 175,000 people, you know there's going to be drugs there. Mm -hmm. And the last thing that anybody wants is somebody to get sick or somebody to die. So if you – the drugs are going to be there. You know, uh, police, yes, uh, frisk, whatever, you know, fine, whatever. But it's – they're still going to get through. And if you – just give people an option. Alan, what are you working on for the uh, Journal of Musical Things? I, I always like to have a heads up. Oh, Can you tell okay. us? Okay, well, let's see. What is, um, hmm. Well, I don't know yet. Um, Tom, well, Hart, Tom Hardy has a mixtape. <laughs> I heard about that. Have you listened to the mixtape? It's from yeah, the 90s? Yeah, there's a little, there's a few bad words in there. So, I, you know, I wouldn't necessarily. Uh, uh, play that on the air. Before I let you go, have you been watching Peaky Blinders? I finished it. <sighs> oh, no, I just absolutely okay. blitzed through it over the Christmas holidays. Amazing, except for last episode. What was with the last episode? That's all I have to say. Oh, uh, yeah, well... Disappointing, based um, on the other seasons. Yeah, they kind of wrapped up that last one really quickly in the last five minutes, didn't they? Mm, yeah, or yeah. left us waiting for the next one, and who knows when it'll be back, right? Uh, they've started filming. Nice. They Thank have, you. This is not going to be a... Uh, oh, Kelly, I can feel that your nose is cold from you. stressed out. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> huh, how many people, by the way, do you think when you said that... Touched their uh, nose? Put, put their hands up to their nose. I did. It's just like, yeah, you know what? It's a little on the chilly side today. Alan, always good having you on the show. Thanks so much. Okay, you bet. Alan Cross from the Ongoing History of New Music on our brother station 102.1 The Edge. And of course, you can check out his excellent blog. It's a journal of musical things. Highly recommended if you like music and everything pop culture.